Happy Friday. We are here joined by Alex. She is, and I have to get out my notes, the board chair for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention in Western PA. But obviously she is so much more. So we're going to dive right into that. So Alex, thank you so much for being here. Let us know, first question always, how did you, where did you get started and how did it really bring you to your position now? Yeah. Great question. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, So this isn't my full-time job. Um, So I uh, clearly have a personal connection to suicide to be so involved with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Um, I lost my brother to suicide in June of 2017 and he was 21. Um, And it was, it was a huge shock to my family. Yeah. But Um, as I've learned more about suicide, I've learned about the risk factors and the warning signs and I I can see it now, but before I got involved with AFSP, like I didn't know anything about suicide. So, um, I heard about the AFSP out of the darkness walk from a family member. So it's a yearly event that AFSP does like all over the United States. And it is a like little less than a 5k walk, but it's mainly just bringing people together right, who right. are suicide loss survivors, who have struggled with suicide, who are just like advocates for the cause. Um, and after that event, I was like, wow, this is an amazing organization. Um, I started going to the volunteer meetings and it's just such an amazing environment with those volunteers. Yeah, um, It's all people who understand what you've been through. We're all, um, it's hard to talk about our losses, but we're all comfortable talking about it. And it makes you feel like not so alone. Um, so I just started volunteering. I, um, learned how to present a number of our programs. So I was traveling around really the Pittsburgh area, um, presenting on suicide prevention, going to schools, churches, different organizations. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to join the board and just get a little bit more involved. So I was the secretary for, um, a couple years and then I just moved into the board chair role within, um, the last year. So it's been such a pleasure to get to lead the board, um, and get more like behind the scenes look behind like the organization as a whole. I mean, it's a national organization with hundreds of chapters. So getting to travel and like meet other people who, believe in this cause too has right. just been like so life-changing and such a this is such a big part of my life now um so that's kind of how I got here so I, you're talking about the fact that this isn't your nine to five and so we were talking off camera about that how do you now that you are the board chair you've kind of you know worked your way up obviously that entails a lot more of your time so how do you really balance the two yeah um So sometimes it can be challenging. I will say um, working from home and having an amazing work-life balance that I do um, is very helpful. I'm not spending an hour, two hours on my commute every day. Um, I can take a meeting over my lunch break um, for AFSP and little things like that. Um, And my team knows what I do. They're so supportive. So like I've taken time off to be able to go to conferences and things like that for AFSP. So I am very lucky that I have that, um, I have that flexibility, Yeah. but it's just a commitment. It's something that like, I know at this stage in my life, 
um, don't have any kids yet, Mm -hmm. have two dogs. So they're a lot, but (laughs) don't have any kids yet. Yeah. So I feel um, this is the time to really give back Mm -hmm. um, the time, the extra time that I do have um, until I can't do that any, any longer. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it can be tough, but just uh, really making this a commitment in my life. I'm very much, I don't um, like half do things. So uh, it's just the commitment of always showing up. Yeah. Well, you talked about the conferences and you talked about being able to present at other, you know, schools and whatnot. Kind of talk to us about that. And what does that really look like for you? Yeah. So um, I typically, I love going to the schools. It's just so hard because it is during the workday. But if I can catch one, like there are a couple um, like pit pharmacy um, they are like such a fantastic group and they'll have me every year. Like I'll go to that one during the work day, um, and talk to those students because they're so engaging and amazing. And I've like formed relationships with them. Yeah. Um, but so typically it is like six, seven o'clock at night and I'm driving out to a random church that I've never been to. And I don't know what I'm walking into. I don't know how people feel about mental health. I don't yeah. know how they feel about suicide. They, um, this might be like the first time that they've ever heard somebody like talking about suicide and mental health. So just like bluntly. Yeah. Um, so it's always a little nerve wracking and scary. Um, but it's never been a bad experience. Like I've always gotten something out of it. I've changed people's minds. I've had tough conversations. I've been asked really awful questions <laughs> and, uh, I just learn from that and and it makes me feel better to know that maybe I changed somebody's view on mental health that day. Um, Like I said, with my family, like we were very shocked Mm -hmm. by my brother's um, suicide. But once I learned more and I, I started doing these presentations, learning the risk factors, warning signs, I can like pick out things very easily Mm -hmm. from his past, from his life, and it clicked. So that's really like my main goal whenever I go to these presentations is to teach people those things so that maybe they can see it in somebody else and just aren't afraid to talk to them. Um, That's like the biggest barrier is, you know, people might notice in a friend or a family member that they aren't acting the way that they were before, or they're worried about them, but they're afraid to say something. Mm -hmm. So like in those presentations, we talk about like, how do you even have that conversation and where do yeah. you start? Yeah. Do you feel for these presentations when you're talking schools, you talked about pit pharmacy. Are you also going into high schools? How young have you have the people been that you've presented to? Yep. So um, I've definitely been in high schools. AFSP is amazing in that they have programming from like age five all the way to 105. Wow. Um, We have different targets. We have different presentations for the different target audiences. So like the youngest group that we can be talking to are kids um, age five and up. And I mean, with them, it's a little different. It's just talking about like mental health and their emotions. Yeah. And it's through the lens of like a therapy dog. So it's like very kid friendly. And and it's not like we're talking about suicide, but we're starting to have them recognize like mental health and like Mm -hmm. what a good support person is. How do you identify a support person? When do you go to a support person? And that could be like your parent or, you know, another trusted family member, whoever it is. 
So it's very basic, but like, that's where all of this starts is just like mental health in general. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and sometimes we have to get people on board just with like mental health, uh, before we can even get into like the idea and, and the, the taboo topic of suicide. Well, you've talked about the fact that, and I feel like I keep saying that. I'm like, we well, talked about this, and I keep wanting to like make <laughs> a mental note to go and ask about that. Do you feel like since you've started this, or since you know 2017 when everything happened with your brother, do you feel there has been a shift in the discussion, or do you still feel, you know, you talked about the churches, you talked about sometimes people going going in and never having had that conversation. Do you feel there has been a shift or do you feel like it's still fairly taboo for people? I will say that I feel like there has been a national shift. Okay. Um, I think that there are still pockets. There are still people out there who we need to get this message to. Right. But I feel like COVID as despite all of the bad things that happened during that time, like there were pluses that came out of it. And one of those was the idea of mental health and like mm-hmm. self-care and putting yourself first for the right. first time ever on like a national basis. So that's a good point. Well, like I think that I think that over time, as we continue to focus just on mental health, yeah. like suicide awareness and the importance of like suicide prevention is is going to continue to be at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say our education team is like busier than ever before. Like all the schools want us oh, to come I, in. I can imagine. Yeah. So many organizations, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so now that we're like back to doing things in person and schools are looking for that training, um, we're super busy, which is great. So I think that the big shift is in people like caring mm-hmm. uh, about it a lot more. And not being so afraid to talk about suicide or have kids hear about suicide. Um, Like the biggest misconception with suicide, I think, is that uh, people believe that if you talk about suicide, that it's going to cause suicide. Yes, yes. As a teacher and an educator, like I almost feel like that's one of the myths that we have come to believe. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just trying to let people know like it's okay to talk about it actually if you talk to somebody who's suicidal about suicide that's like the right thing to do that's what you're supposed to do right so so to get in front of a group of kids or adults whoever it is and talk about suicide like it breaks down this barrier where I always leave myself available afterwards I'll stick around Mm -hmm. until every single person in that building has left yeah. So that if somebody wants to talk to me, just as somebody who understands, yeah. um, I'm open to doing that. And and I've had that happen where people are afraid to say something in the moment. But if you stick around, like you broke down that barrier when you said suicide, you know, yeah. really the first time it kind of just opens it up for them. So that's uh, our, one of our big like taglines is talk saves lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's so true because yes, like just when you're worried about somebody, talk to them. How do we break down the stigma of suicide and mental health? We talk about it. It's just Mm -hmm. so important to communicate, um, even if it's like uncomfortable. Do you feel as though you've been able to use this within, you know, your friends and your family? Obviously, your family has been affected by this. But do you now, are you more sensitive to mental health matters within your friend group? And I mean, I feel as though our generation is very open to that, like open to therapy, open to, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it may be. 
do you feel there has been a benefit to almost being educated yourself now with this? I think so. Even like in myself, like I, I know so much more now about mental health Mm -hmm. and I feel like from the loss of my brother, like I kind of confronted mental health issues in my life absolutely and in my family's life and I have become sort of a go-to person for everyone which I I love I figured I'm such a I'm like a fixer and a helper so I love it so much but like I've had friends reach out to me and say I'm worried about my sibling I'm worried about this friend like what do Mm -hmm. I do what resources are out there and I can like that's amazing a drop of a hat like help them out and I think it's so important for us for that to be normal, yeah, um, normalized, yes. Yes. normalized to be able to ask people or even like if they didn't have somebody that was on the board of the a- of AFSB yeah. in their life, like that's okay. But being open to still asking friends for advice or whatever it is. So um, yeah, it has definitely opened my eyes a lot. It has made me a much more um, like understanding person. Yeah. Um, and like, it's so cliche, but like, you never know what somebody's going through. Yeah. Um, really like resonates with me through AFSP, through talking to so many people and hearing like heart wrenching stories, stories of hope. Like you just realize there is so much going on in in everybody's lives. Um, giving each other grace is so important. Um, just being kind is so important. And that's a really big like pillar of AFSP is just like support. So that's another reason why I love it so much. Do you feel like you, you touched upon this a little bit, but how do you manage, I would imagine doing, um, AFSP, is that what it, yes. yeah. Okay. I got it. Um, how do you take care of your own mental health after you're having these heavy conversations and you're, you're taking on a lot of information of other people's stories? How do you leave those conferences or leave those meetings and feel like, how do you, yeah, manage your own mental health with all of that. I imagine it would be heavy. Yeah. Well, I will say any like AFSP sponsored event that I'm going to, that can feel heavy, like the conferences where we're just like talking about suicide all day and you're surrounded by people who are there because of suicide, like that can be heavy. They do an amazing job of like building self-care into it, always ending on like this super positive note. So you can leave and go home and you feel very hopeful. Um, I will say like sometimes when I do go and do these presentations and I hear stories from other people, mm-hmm. it is, it is so challenging yeah. um, to get in my car and drive home. And sometimes imagine. I'll just cry and, yeah. and I let myself do that and I'll give myself space if I need to. Um, so like actually coming up next week will be the, oh my gosh, sixth year anniversary yeah. um, of losing my brother. So like to me during that week, I kind of like step back. I am unplugged a bit from um, AFSP and that work and just kind of letting myself have that space. And then it always gives me like renewed hope to to get back into it. But yeah, yeah it can be heavy. Um, one of the things that we really push with our volunteers is like setting boundaries for yourself. Good. Like yeah. if you try something and you realize that was way too hard for me to do, that's okay. Like you don't have to keep doing it. Like you have to put yourself first and your mental health first. And like taking breaks from the organization is something that we have, you know, always told people that they can do. It's, Mm -hmm. um, 
it's just so important to when you're doing this work to like be able to I don't want to say compartmentalize but like sometimes it is a little bit of compartmentalization but then like having the coping skills afterwards to be able to um care for yourself and protect your mental health and get yourself back to like a good state so as someone who would be interested in volunteering what are some of the things that volunteers do you kind of talked about how you were one but what if you're just at that you know the base level I just want to get my toes wet with this what are some things that people can do we literally have so many things that you can do which is (laughs) great yeah not everyone wants to public speak yeah not everyone wants to talk to like state legislators which is like what a group of our volunteers do so um public eye volunteering we have like the presentations like so education we hold um two education workshops a year where we like teach you uh how to present our programs and then you just go you get to shadow and then you go out into the world and give these presentations to groups for free um we do tabling at a lot of events so at least weekly i feel like there's like two plus events that we are tabling at and that's literally just getting the information out there about asb answering questions um and then like i said we have a public policy committee so those people like that is above me like i don't want to <laughs> i will public speak all day but yes. like talking to like senators and like, I would be the same like way. that is that's scary yeah um, absolutely but we have volunteers that do that and they go to harrisburg and they go to dc and they talk to key legislators about different items that afsp supports yeah um so those are more like forward facing things but we do a ton of fundraising we have a lot of like back end work that needs done like stuffing folders yeah and organizing things so there it's just such a broad range of things that you can do um and like i said you can always go slow in it too because i think that oftentimes people are worried to just like even go to that first meeting or something because they don't know how they're going to react they don't know if they're going to get emotional and it's okay if you do and if you start and you're like this is too much for me that's fine Mm -hmm. take time for yourself come back in six months come back in a year and and see how you feel so it's just uh once we get people in the door and we kind of figure out what they want to do and what they'd be good at Mm -hmm. um there's just so much opportunity. I mean, it, it sounds like it from the, like the back end of it, like you're saying someone who might just want to be organizing things and kind of, or just being at those table events. Yeah. So what are some of the bigger things that your foundation focuses on? Cause you talked about the fact that it is nationwide, what you, and there was that into out of the darkness. Was that what it was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that one of the bigger events? What are some of the, if someone wants to just come as a supporter what are some of the events that they can go to? Yeah, so I definitely recommend the Out of the Darkness Walk just because it's yearly. It is um, very well attended. We've had like over 2,000 people raising hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, it's a very well put on event. And it's oftentimes like people's first event that they yeah. ever attend um, with AFSP. Like that's my story. And a lot of volunteers that I've talked to have the same story. Um, so that event is great. Like I said, it is just a short, it's like less than 5k. Um, and it's all about bringing this community together. Obviously it feels a little bit 
it's somber feeling like we're not here for something like super fun right um but it is so hopeful um and i think that afsp in our chapter does a really great job of that fine line of like honoring the people who have died by suicide but then also like just giving hope to the people who are still here Mm -hmm. and who have struggled with their own mental health and um I think it's a fantastic event. So I would say that one. And it's free. You register beforehand. You can even register like when you get there. So Mm -hmm. like if you don't want to commit to it and then you wake up in the morning, you're like, I want to go. You can just show up, which is great. Um, That's that's the big one. When does that take place? That is on September 9th of this year. It is at Highmark Stadium. It starts around like 1030, but that's when like the opening ceremony start gotcha. but we have tables from like 30 different organizations oh, across amazing. the area um if anybody's not in pittsburgh we have walks all over western pa as well okay um so if you just look up out of the darkness.org you're able to see um all of the different walks and find something close to you that's awesome and then you, you were saying too there's are there other bigger events that you guys yes. put on Yes. So we are dabbling in some music events, which is really exciting to me. I love live music. Super fun. Um, So on July, let me look at the date. Um, It's in July, but we are having an event called It's Okay to Have the Blues. And it's like jazz and blues artists. um, And we had it last year at a winery. It was like a really small, intimate event. Mm-hmm. This year it's at Moondog, or no, I'm sorry. It's at the um, Syria Shrine Association. Oh, okay. And it is going to be enormous. There are so many different musical acts. Oh, There's going to awesome. be food trucks and raffles. Um, so I'm really excited for that. And that's another like really low key thing yeah, you can absolutely. go to. Um, the tickets are between like 20 and $30, depending on when you buy them. Um, and it's just, uh, coming together over music, like suicide and mental health affects a lot of the like more creative communities, music included. So all of the artists that like we've been working with for this are all on board and they're like being so helpful and so gracious with their time. Um, so I think that that's going to be a fantastic event too. And that is on July 23rd, July 23rd. Okay. Yep. And then we're having a metal event. So like Ooh. not my jam, but one of our <laughs> one of our board members is very into metal music and has um, a lot of friends in that community. So okay. he's hosting an event. Um, that's at All Saints Brewing. And that is on the, I believe it's on the 31st. So it's a Thursday. Okay. Um, so, you know, if you want to go to an AFSB event, but it be like more entertainment and yeah. not a whole lot of, suicide prevention and just kind of getting people together who care about the cause those are perfect um another key one that we have is the international survivors of suicide loss day that happens every saturday before thanksgiving okay and it is a day for people who have lost somebody to suicide um typically the pittsburgh one we have at um we have in green tree at the double tree And it is really a day of 
it sort of prepares you for the holidays. Yes. Um, especially if it's your first year out from your loss, like that's your first like holiday season. That's an extremely right. hard time. So we always touch on how to protect yourself. Um, we do breakout groups where you get paired up with people with similar losses. So like I'd be in the siblings table, there'll be like a child table, a parent's table. And it's almost like a mini support group. We have like support group facilitators come and just facilitate, um, some conversations. And at the end, it's always hopeful. We always have like a hopeful activity and just, uh, making sure that everybody feels protected. We have resources there, mental health resources, um, counselors, you know, whatever you might need in that moment. Um, and I think that one's great too. And I've heard a couple of people say they went to that as their first AFSP event and that got them, um, really on board with the organization. So those are just a couple, um, of, of our heavy hitters, but, uh, all of them have different purposes. They're all great though. Do you find that at that one you just talked about that people are leaving with like new found friendships because you're forming bonds, you know, throughout those workshops and throughout the day that, you know, it's very specific to what they were going through and that they found somebody that's going through the same thing. Yeah, that is exactly it. I remember the first time that I went, I met this like very sweet family and they, they had lost, well, it was a, um, a uh, daughter and her parents and I was at the table with the daughter and so she had lost she had lost her brother and um now I see them at the walks and I see them at AFSP events and it's just so nice to see these familiar faces like I might not necessarily have your number and we hang out but if I see you in person we're like so excited and um just like those little connections are so great so yeah it definitely helps especially when you like group people together by um who they lost in their life like because it's just different experiences Absolutely, like losing a child versus losing your parent versus losing a sibling Mm -hmm. versus a friend like it's all totally different feels it is like different things that you work through and like ways that you grieve and what you grieve over so um yeah I mean I definitely see people leaving that and they're so hopeful and they have these connections and they feel more comfortable going to an AFSP event next time because they like see what we're all about. They get to meet the volunteers. They get to meet other people. And they know that this is like a really good place to be. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, thank you. I feel like that was such a wealth of knowledge too, for the fact that like you can get your toes wet with volunteering. You can go to an event and not have to be a part of it, but it's still the idea of support and making this something that's more talked about and more accepted and more. And I think like you said, COVID is starting. COVID really brought that forward, especially as an educator, I think I've seen that more with kids being more open to talking about it. Um, not as much as the parents. Like, I think it's almost like a generational thing as well. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that at the events as it being sort of like the acceptance being a little bit more based on age or does it just depend? I think it just, I think yeah. it depends on the population of, okay. of the event. A lot of times kids just run up to our table and they see like all the fun giveaways like glow in the dark bracelets and stuff and they're like whoa yay um so I'm always grateful for the parents who like pause with their kids in that moment Mm -hmm. like do you know what this is and um just kind of educating them because that's that's so important um yeah I I think it just really depends on where where you're at but um like and then there are some events that we go to that just 
people are so grateful that we're there and they're like very um, open to talking about suicide, like oh, pride wonderful. being one of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know that suicide affects the LGBTQ community more mm-hmm. um, than the general population. So um, when we're there, that's like people of all ages, people so excited to talk to oh, us, share their stories, get involved. Um, so I, I do agree that just mental health in general is something that the younger generations are embracing mm-hmm. more and more as time goes on. Um, I hope that that continues and it just becomes even more apparent how important mental health is, mm-hmm. but it like makes me so happy that schools are inviting us in yes. and like seeing the importance of not just like suicide prevention, but just talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know when I was in school, like, I don't even think I knew what mental health was. Um, and I went to college and there was like a mental health Alliance organization called active minds. And I don't even know why I was drawn to it probably because I was a psych major, but, um, that's like my first like dive into mental health and the importance of it it was was in college college. and like mental health affects us so much earlier than that. So it's so important for for younger kids to just be like exposed to it. Cause I think when they're exposed to it through school, through their parents, whatever it is, like they're going to be more accepting as time goes on. Yeah, so I love that. Well, thank you. I do want to shift gears. Like we'll make this more self care talk then, because I do feel like we've got to end on like a, um, this summertime fun note. So I have some girly questions for you. It's beauty in the bird after all. So what is, we'll start with what is your favorite summer go-to like drink? Oh my gosh. I love white wine. Oh, like when it's very cold. Crisp. Yes. <laughs> and I have one of those wine glasses that you put in the freezer and it has like the gel. Do so they that work? It, it really cold. Yes. Well, I mean, it melts after a while. I know, but... but I've seen so many of them and I'm like, I really feel like I need to get one of these. But you have I the gel it. one. Yeah. Yeah. The gel one. Now, are it's we, great. Are we doing like a Sauvignon Blanc? Are we doing a Pinot Grigio or does it just not matter? Pinot Grigio. Yeah. But I'll do the Sauvignon Blanc, but like Pinot Grigio is definitely my favorite. Every so often I'll do like a Riesling, but okay. oftentimes it's too sweet. Yes. I just like, it depends on the mood, but Pinot Grigio is my go-to. So I like those. And then, um, are you in ice coffee? Martinis. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Ice coffee. I, yeah. That's like my your, favorite. What is like iced coffee order in the summer? So I'm boring. I just get like iced coffee, light ice, splash of almond milk. Um, no flavor. Girl, that's oftentimes, great. Oftentimes, no. I mean, if I do, ever so often, I'll get like a little bit of almond or like macadamia nut. I really like like nutty coffee, which okay. is weird, but like no, I, I make like coffee at home. Normal. Yeah, it's like I have a coffee that I love. It's macadamia. It's so good. Um, Are you, is this like a Keurig? Is this an espresso? What is this? It's a ninja, a ninja coffee maker. Wait, I have one of those. I have, so my husband has the ninja and I have the Nespresso. Yeah. So, okay. I need to get this coffee, I guess. We'll talk after. We'll talk after. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I drink coffee every day. I have like my little coffee right here. Um, so I'm a caffeine fiend, unfortunately, yes. but yeah, it's okay. You know, whatever powers you through. <laughs> so what is your, like, what's your favorite summertime music? Does your music taste to change a little bit in the summer or does it pretty much stay the same? 
It kind of does. Like, I specifically have, like, a playlist that I made that I call, like, springtime happy car ride playlist. And I I listened to that from, like, around, like, April until the fall. And then I kick it into, like, I have a fall playlist. I like bulky, like, like, soft rock. I'll share my playlist with you. It's, oh, I love it. I love yeah, it. I didn't I, love I did the not seasonal. make it. I found it on Spotify and they updated like a lot, but yeah, we'll have to talk about that because but are you what kind of genre are you into in the summertime? Like what are we turning on in the in the car? Um I like a lot of like 90s early 2000s like soft rock like I love listening to like sublime and like Nirvana and all of that. But then I also love just like pop songs like Doja Cat, yep. Love, like SZA, and just all of, like those okay, happy jams. So Renaissance, yeah. Are you a Taylor Swift girly? Are you going this weekend? I am not. So I, I'm not not You're a not Taylor not. Swift fan. Yeah, that's I just true. don't have like the um, lexicon of knowledge <laughs> of I, Taylor Swift things. I like I would love to go to the concert, honestly. Like. The outfits, the yeah, like everything looks so amazing. I feel like I've seen the whole concert on TikTok. I know, um, right? That is actually but, like, but the friendship bracelets is where I'm at. Like, I am going, and I'm like, I didn't make a single friendship bracelet, and I don't know what that makes me as a person, but I just don't have the time. Who? Has oh my gosh, time? I know. I've, I like, I just think it's so cool. It's like I should just go buy a some. little community of people who care so much, and I think that is sweet. Um, I'm not necessarily like super involved, but I do love her music, especially like her more recent albums. Yes. I've been getting super into fall time folklore, folklore and evermore and is like uh, on repeat. Yeah. A hundred percent. So what is your favorite, like go-to summer outfit? A dress. Yeah. Like literally easy breezy. I feel like I haven't put, I bought a new pair of jean shorts this year, like two months ago and I haven't put them on. I, I do clothes, like a clothes rental. Okay. And I just get like literally six dresses every month and I wear those six dresses and then I send them back and then I get six more dresses and then I just wear those all month. Wait, do you, jean shorts, I have like a love hate relationship with jean shorts. Like it seems like a good idea when it's really hot and then you put them on and you're like, why did I do this? Why, why? I hate sweating in jean shorts. Like it's absolutely terrible. Um, It's the worst. Last summer, I went to the Lumineer concert, and it was, like, 95 degrees. It was oh at Star Lake, and um, I wore jean shorts and a tank top, and I actually – I don't think I've put jean shorts on since then because <laughs> I, I, like, couldn't get them off because yeah. they were, like, so sweaty and gross. Oh, my God. It's so true, I'm though. Sorry. Like, guys have no idea. They just don't. They just – No, they're on no. Their and I, I used to not be, like, a dress girl – and uh would only like wear dresses to dress up but now I just like if I'm like running errands I'm like throwing on a little dress and it's life-changing now are you putting it with a sneaker or are you gonna dress it up with a wedge like what's your go-to I mean most of the time sneaker yeah the sneaker I mean if I'm going somewhere nice honestly like nothing that is one of the trends that I love the most I I was just thinking about it this morning like I hope that it doesn't go away because I love being able to put a sneaker on and yes. like just be in my comfy dress and mm-hmm. just go. And yeah, like absolutely. I can do whatever I want and I'm not in any pain. I'm so comfortable. And it's a vibe. It really is. Like it needs, it, you're right. It needs to stick around. What yeah. is your favorite? You talked about espresso martini and wine, but do you have like a favorite summer cocktail? 
besides the espresso martinis? Is something like you really only enjoy in the summer? I honestly do not discriminate. Like if I'm looking at a cocktail menu in the summer and it sounds good, I will get it. I I'll only drink like vodka, tequila, and gin though. Like if there's like bourbon or whiskey, I'm probably not ordering it. Doing the clear liquors. Yes. Yeah. I mean, love margarita. Um, I was actually listening to your last episode before this and the spicy margarita. Like that oh, is one I'm of my so favorite things. Perfect it. I need to like seriously get, I need, I think I'm going to make my own, I'm going to attempt, most likely my husband's going to do it for me, Um, a jalapeno syrup to make for the spicy margaritas. Ooh. Or you could even make like a jalapeno infused vodka. Okay. That's really bold. That might be too yeah. spicy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm know. not like play around. I'm not actually a spice girl, which is so funny. Like I I'm also not a spice girl in the band, but um <laughs> I I like it to just burn a little bit. Like not a lot. Yes. Like I agree. Very Agreed. subtle. Cuz otherwise you're just it's, you know, I I'm not drinking hot sauce. Like I'm not it's not a fan. But Yeah. Have you had the one at Condado? No, but I've had them it's good. at, um, it's Tapache. Is it Tapache? Yeah. It's, it's oh my gosh. Like, I yes. haven't been there yet, but so I live there's, in North. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So theirs is, I get, I got their spicy pineapple and I've had their spicy mango, both beautiful. Yeah. That beautiful. sounds amazing. They were so good. Um, but I'm trying to think of what else would be like a summer. Oh, my last question that I ask everyone is if you have to pick a skincare product, um or makeup products it can be either that like is your absolute have to use must have go to what is it my tula sunscreen yeah wait is it the yellow one <laughs> yes i love that's that has been i'm not kidding you like i've been using that thing for years i have it on subscription just so like i never forget to buy it it is the best like i've never used a face sunscreen that blend didn't make my face like white cast or like really gross feeling yeah and I love that it's like just like a little bit glowy like I feel like I can wear it and I'm like good to go I know um it's so great and I just was on a trip and I flew with it and the pressure of the plane like made all of it come out when I opened it up and I was like (laughs) trying to scoop it back into the top I was like suctioning it up my my husband was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "This stuff is not cheap, right? I need to I need to save it." Like I would have put it in like a plastic baggie and just like dug my fingers into it at that point. Like that's oh my god, that's awful. Yeah, but no, that's definitely it. Like I mean, I'm using that every day, yes. all summer. So yes. I use it all year. It's like my primer, basically. Yeah, yeah. It is just. I bought a so primer great. just the other day, and then, like, I should have read the reviews beforehand. I bought the e.l.f. I was getting a primer for the Taylor Swift concert, but really, like, my makeup stays on. I don't know why I had to do that. But <laughs> I got that, um, the grippy primer from e.l.f., and then I read the reviews, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, it's like glue on your face. It sucks. And I'm like, shoot. I, so think, I think I've tried. Is that the, is it the putty one? No. So they have the putty one that's, like, in the pot, but this is, like, a liquid that ends up being, oh. like, slightly sticky. Yeah. So I, I might, I don't know. I almost feel like I have to like test drive it before I. I know. So like, I just use like the spray primers and most of the time, like, like the, like the Smashbox one. Yeah. 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 Um, so old, but like, I don't know. Once I find something that works, it's hard for me to ever. (laughs) I couldn't use the Smashbox ones because they have 
like too much silicone and I guess silicone and I don't oh know yeah well. so I would like get the tiny little breakouts like the is it like the milli or whatever so I hadn't I haven't used those but I yeah sometimes I just use my sunscreen like I'm just like whatever yeah I know uh, I have like gotten so I like test a lot of products mm-hmm. and uh like through like influencer and yes. stuff like yeah, yeah, that yeah. biz mm-hmm. agent I love all the free stuff so oh, yeah um uh, <laughs> I've gotten a lot of like more like creamy type primers okay. and they never make my makeup last. I don't know. I think it's just my skin type. And I also so, think, like you, as liquidy as possible. Do you trust um, any setting spray to do the job too? Are you a setting spray? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love like Mac fix plus. Yes. Um, that's I'll, I'll use that as like primer too, or and yeah, over they, top. It's like prep and, prep and or prime and whatever I forget what how they yeah. phrase it but yeah and then all-nighter from urban decay is like that's oh yes I have that too I have that on right now yeah, yeah I that always I don't know like I said I don't stray like I found things that I liked mm-hmm. like 10 years ago and I will just keep using oh, them until they're discontinued I think yeah I did a video the other day of getting ready and I was like I literally have a bronzer that I've worn since I started wearing makeup like yeah like, I don't know ago. I always I'm afraid to try new things when it comes to makeup because it can be like so expensive and I don't want to buy something and then like so absolutely true. need it. I know you can return it, but I don't know. I, I'm like, I, oh, if I like though. something. Yes. <laughs> and like, if I have to go back to the store and tell you I didn't like it, that's just not for me. It's yeah. just not. But tell everybody where they can get information for a, I'm going to say it. Is it AF piece? No, SP. F, yeah. AFSP. You're so close. So close. <laughs> So tell so, us where the websites, um, social media, all of that, and tell us where we can follow you too. Yeah. So a um, couple different sites. If you just go to like AFSP.com.org, uh, like you're mm-hmm. just going to get to the general organization okay. page. You can find different resources. You can find different chapters, different events. Uh, if you are interested in going to the walk, you can go to outofthedarkness.org okay. and then you'll be able to look at the walks by location and just choose one that's close to you. So if you would want to go to the Pittsburgh walk, you can just go there, um, register and get all the information. And then we have a number of um, social media accounts. So our Western PA chapter, we actually have like an Instagram and a Facebook page and Twitter. Nice. Um, and we have a wonderful social media ambassador who um, recently started and is um, trying to bulk up our social media presence and awesome. just make it more like personalized to our chapter. So that is. Yeah. And we'll put all of this in the descriptor too, for sure. Perfect. Yeah. It is Western AFSP underscore Western PA. Okay. Um. And then me, I am um, at Alex Ensco, A-L-Y-X-E-N-S-C-O-E. And I I have to plug, I have a bookstagram that I I I love your bookstagram. I started following it. It's so Yes, so it's bookish.pgh. My friend and I are both really big readers, especially like COVID is what sparked. Well, look at the bookshelf behind you. It's beautiful. (sighs) <sighs> thank it's you so nice. um but oh by the way I saw I heard in your last one you were thinking about books to read um yes. you should read Taylor Jenkins reads books if you haven't like Daisy Jones and the Six okay I did read that and I've read Evelyn Hugo okay good I was done. gonna say like I those ones are good 
I was thinking of trying, is it Ellen Hildebrand? Oh, yeah. I've read Sally a number of hers, actually. Yeah. Um, Sally Hepworth is another one that I've heard is good. So I'm going to – but I do – everybody – have you done the A Thorn or A Court of Thorn and Roses? Have you done them? So I am reading it right now. I'm, I'm on the third one. I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't love it as much as I thought that I would. Okay. I'm not not enjoying it, but it's so long oh. <laughs> for – like, for what? Like, it does not need to be that long. I already somehow finished my summer series. I mean, it was very quick. So I I watched the first season of Cruel Summer, which was, like, from a couple years ago. It Mm -hmm. was so good. Like, I don't know if you're a Pretty Little Liars fan. Yes. But Cruel Summer was, like, right. it'll be right up your alley then. But I guess every season is about a different story. So, like, it wraps up within the first, like, the 10 episodes that I watched um, while my children were tearing apart our house. Um, they, They were so good so good I'll add it I think I have it on my list I have like an extensive list I do I have like hundreds of shows started during even COVID that I haven't finished like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and like all of these things that like I stopped watching The Crown like I need to get back into all of these but okay I I don't know if I'm gonna read A Court of Thorn I don't even know how to print like the wording it's just enormous like honestly if you you definitely have to like fantasy it's like high fantasy there's fairies like like, I do but yeah it's just long so it's like maybe not for the summer I don't know I I honestly thought that I was going to be able to read them really quickly but it's taking me a long time because it's like I said it's not that I hate it by any means I'm just like semi-bored um so it's hard for me to pick it up and I'm like someone who I hate to not finish the book, but like same. Yeah. I I could absolutely hate something. I will finish it. Like yeah. I once I started, I can't stop. So, and I won't read two books at once either. So well, like I, I, that. I so just, I've tried. Okay. I tried it like one time last summer. First of all, I didn't even have any business reading. I was far too busy with my boys. But like this summer, they're a little bit more manageable. Like I could read and not have them like tearing down the house. Hopefully, so. I might I might get into the Sally Hepworth or the Ellen Hildebrand of it all. I might instead of love it. Yeah, Ellen Hildebrand is so great for summer. Yeah. Like okay, good. she even has like a winter series. Oh, which I've read those like in the winter time. So okay, highly recommend. Very cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. We are going to keep talking about books and macadamia coffee. So don't go anywhere. But everybody, <laughs> make sure you check out Alex's Instagram, her book Instagram, and check out the. Okay, I'm going to try it. A-F-S-P. Yes. Yay! You got it! (laughs) Acronyms are so hard for me. I don't know why. I'm an English teacher. I should be good at these. But thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you and talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks.